Good morning. This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we're going to delve into the very first psalm, but it needs some introduction, and then we're going to back up and grab the songs in the history of Israel. The psalms were, by and large, a collection that was started and structured under King David, so considering we've gotten to the Joshua, um, we aren't to that part of the story yet. So that's part of it. And then as Israel and Judah continued in history, there was a king named Hezekiah who during his reign restructured things again because, because a lot of the Bible was rediscovered. And he redid much of the structure. And some of his redo um, is very obvious today in studying what is in our Bibles. And so King Hezekiah had a large part in, in the structure of the Bible as we know it, the Old Testament as we know it, and in the songs. There's a particular family named that is mentioned in how David constructed the worship for the temple. Um, he did not build the temple. King Solomon built the temple. And so it's important to see kind of the structure and the, and the building of that before we really delve into the Psalms. But... There are some things in the Psalms that are spoken in a way that is to the heart. It is very honest. It is very much like a country song. Um, there's, there's a lot of heart. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of anger. There's every emotion captured. There's every reaction to God captured. Um, it, is, it is a heart full in the Psalms. And I think... We miss a lot if we miss the Psalms and we miss the heart. I think there's a total reason it's in the middle of our Bibles. It was not considered one of the scriptures that was really a teaching scripture at the time of Jesus, and yet Jesus himself quoted it. And so that kind of raised the status of the Psalms and the writings, because the Torah, the law, and the Ketuvim, the the writings of the prophet, or the Nevi'im, the writings of the prophets, were considered the teaching, and the Psalms were just considered writings, or the Ketuvim, and, and not really considered as important in structuring our thoughts about God. And yet, as you read them, you, you feel that heart. So, I wanted to kind of introduce that now, because at some point we'll delve deeper into it. And I wanted to introduce kind of the first chapters of each of those books, because they kind of give you a setting that comes out of the lessons learned by the nation of Israel as they continue on, and express some of the struggle 
and some of the decision-making that we have as we walk in our way of salvation uh, in following God and seeing His excellencies. So I kind of wanted to introduce these books because there's a lot that is entangled with the history that we need to understand. The book of Psalms is actually divided into five books. If you read through there, just like the Torah. Um, so there's this five book setup, And the very first book, the very first chapter, introduces something very important about life, about the Psalms, about the way following God is pictured in a picture worth a thousand words. So let's dig into Psalm 1 and see how it goes. Psalm 1, Book 1, Verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not. So we start off with negatives here. Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But, and we could almost go back and get that blessed is the man and pick it up. But blessed is the man whose de- his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He, this man who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night, is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Here's something important. I mean, trees can grow in a lot of different places. They don't have to be by streams of water. But there are times when they're not by streams of water that... They wither. They don't bear fruit because they don't have that source of nourishment on a continuous basis. Um, I happen to live right now in a beautiful place that is a haven of fruit um, in Oregon. And it's it's so beautiful to watch all of the fruit trees as they blossom. And there's there's been some shortages of water here and that has caused some problems with a fruit and so living by the stream of water this consistent nourishment is important and the bible itself the words of god themselves are sanctifying and purifying and refreshing and that's mentioned in this book more and more and more 
And so that's why it was important. David thought it was important, I'm sure, to record these songs because they nourished him. And God had nourished him through his music from the time that he was young. That's part of his story. And so we see this beautiful, refreshing book of songs of encouragement. And um, like I said, it, it hits all the emotions. If, if we wonder, what does God say about this? There's a psalm probably for that if we dig deep enough. There's some tough psalms. There's some psalms that don't end on a high note. There's some psalms that I sure, I'm sure we're 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 composed in a minor key. But this part of the psalm, you can just almost see the birds sing, the water flow, the fruit on the trees. You can almost smell this part of this verse. Um, beautiful sunny day. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked, described up above, um, are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. So the picture that the psalmist would have immediately seen was the grain harvest and they go out and they 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 beat the grain and they throw everything up in the air and the grain the goodness falls back into their into their um, sifter but that chaff just gets blown away in the wind it's useless there's no need for it there's a reason you're getting rid of it it's not good for not good for food it's not good for growth and uh, that's what the psalm describes the wicked as. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Now, this is in contrast to that beginning beginning section of the, the counsel of the wicked. Walk not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners. It says... Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So they can have their own counsel and they can have their own stand, but it's not going to matter on the day of judgment. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Those who follow him, the Lord knows their way. He prepares our way. He is our way. He knows our way. But the way of the wicked will perish. It's talking about the beautiful life that God brings for those who follow him. May not always look beautiful. May not always be pleasant. There are days where storms come and leaves fall and and days the squirrels eat the fruit on the tree. That happens. This is a world mixed with good and evil. But ultimately, ultimately, what's important is that we be in this way that the Lord knows. So I think this is a, as a psalm learned. There's a reason they started the book of Psalms this way. There was a, there was a, group that decided 
for whatever reason that this psalm should start off the beautiful book of songs composed by David and and others through the years, through the history. And this psalm teaches us so much about life and nourishment and our our purpose in it is to live a life that is fruitful and um, pleasant to others and pleasant to the Lord um, as he nourishes us and he grows us day by day. So please join me in prayer. Dear Holy Father, thank you. Thank you for knowing our way. Thank you for preparing our way. Thank you for preparing that stream and thank you for making us trees that are fruitful. Lord, help us to do the good work that you intend for us to do. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you so much for wanting this for us, for wanting fruitfulness and life and growth for us and for setting that out in a psalm of encouragement and love and for giving us this inheritance, this heritage from King David and this this promise in King Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all you have done and for being the shepherd and the, and the way for us. In Jesus' precious name, to yours be the kingdom and the glory and the honor and the power forever. Amen and amen. This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And if you want to join me in the podcast or you are in need of prayer or if you would in need of a Bible or other resources, please let me know at trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com or answer the question at the end of this podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you. And remember, you are one of his excellencies.